Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boule. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, brought to you by Giraffe Kings and SeatGeek. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boule, as always. And the, I don't know, the tone of this episode is just kind of weird because we're, what, 10, 11 days removed from winning the Stanley Cup. And today's focuses are going to be on free agency targets and the schedule release. I am just not in the right mental state for that yet. No, I mean, Eric Johnson said it best today when uh, he said he's not, he said the exact same words that you just said, that he he's not in a mental state to start preparing for the regular season. Um, it is crazy to think about when you had texted me today saying the schedule is going to be released, I literally thought you were fucking with me. Um, because it just feels like you said, so rushed, like this whole thing feels rushed. I, I, I guess for us, it's different than everyone else. Cause a lot of people have been done long before we were. So yeah. I mean, if you're a fan of like the Sabres, this probably feels like a long time overdue, but for us, it hasn't even been two weeks. Yeah. I can't even fathom 
just go into another hockey game right now. Right? Like, I, I, I don't even want to think about it yet. It's like we just we're, we just finished. We just not, finished. By the time this what you're hearing this, it's been a week since the parade. A week. Oh my god, dude. Like, Jesus! It hasn't even been two weeks. Since it doesn't we even feel like it's been that long for me. <laughs> yeah, like, like it is crazy to think that we're here, and by the time you're listening to this too, the draft is already going on. Like, yeah, by the time just, you're by the time you're listening to this, odds are this episode is going to be laughably out of date. Yes, because with with the off season, shit just changes so quickly. Like we're like we're gonna talk. We built our own little teams and cat friendly and everything. And I guarantee, at least in two days' time, you can come back to this before we've even released another episode, and you can laugh at us. I yeah. promise, because it's gonna be like, what were you thinking? Sackic's so much smarter than you. All that kind of shit. And there's gonna be some deal that, and like, it's just gonna be out of date. There's gonna be something else that happens. Why are we even doing this? I don't know. We're contractually obligated. To- Contractu- we're contractually obligated to look dumb. Yeah. But yeah. that's what the people want. So yeah, tone feels off. This is going to be out of date. Sounds like a classic. So why don't we just hop right in? Why don't we start with free agency, which it feels like any moment now the dam's just about ready to burst, even though it always feels like that in the offseason and it never does. But feels like we're one big trade away from stuff really starting to consistently go down. You know, we've had the Fiala trade, had the McDonough trade. We had the Avs do something, Andrew Cogliano, back on a one-year deal, $1.25 million, which suggests that they're probably going to keep other guys like Darren Helm if they can get them pretty cheap. But why don't we do Cogliano first? Just get that yeah. up and out of the way first. Honestly, I really don't have much to say about this other than fucking awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's a great move. Um, a little bit more than I thought it would a be. Bit. A little bit more, but I mean, still, it is a great great movie fit in well with the abs we talked about in the last episode that you don't lose guys like that he's a great fourth liner he's a great penalty killer he's just he's rock solid in everything and everything that he said too he loved playing in colorado it's the first like he felt uh reinvigorated re- revitalized coming to colorado for his hockey career so um i don't see why not and it's literally a one-year deal so yeah, especially after reports of the speech he gave after game five and everything. This this just seemed like a layup that he was coming back here. He loves it here. People here love him. He won a cup and now he wants to do it again. It's yep. a, it seemed like a pretty simple decision. It seemed like he got exactly the kind of money he wanted. Yeah. So, I mean, good for Andrew Cogliano. I think it's a great piece. Um, I was very excited when we were putting our cap-friendly uh, armchair GMs together. They already had that deal loaded in there. So, um, made my life a little bit easier. But there's still some uh, key free agents for the abs that we really haven't got any updates on. Uh, Darcy Kemper, his agent met with Joe Sackick today. That's pretty much all we have on that. Um, I know you're of the mindset that you wouldn't be shocked if a deal's announced tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, it seems like this time in much different than Grubauer last year, there's significant motivation to do this before the deadline of free agency just because of how weak the goalie market is this year. So with Grubauer, we thought it was weak last year, it's yeah, even weaker this even year. Even weaker this year because there's only one Darcy Kemper this time, and you're not going to be able to get him at the last second. And with Grubauer last year, they seemed pretty comfortable to have that go down the wire. It didn't go the way they were expecting, but they still had a, an ace in the hole. That is not going to be the case this time. I imagine both sides are going to take this very seriously. And I also... Kemper, I think, has a little more leverage than we're thinking about right now. Oh, 100% he does. Because, you, like we just said, you look at the goalie market, 
it's not great. He can, they can walk into Joe Sackick's office and be like, okay, well, I'm going to get paid if I go elsewhere. Who are you going to bring in if this yeah. doesn't go up? If this doesn't go, bet this doesn't go your way. Mark Andre Fleury. That's that, all that's the Mark Andre, Andre Fleury. Just go get Mark Andre. I think my favorite answer has been Billy Huso. Be like, oh, just bring, just bring in Billy Huso. So, oh, so you didn't watch the St. Louis series, I yeah. assume. Yeah, that'd be so bad. So I agree. I, 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 it does feel different. I think last year the main focus was Landy, and that's who they were negotiating with. Super Can you believe hard. a year ago people were saying they shouldn't sign Landy to big money? That's pretty funny now, looking back on it. Like he's and it's not even old. that big of money. He's like going to be too old when that contract expires. What are we going to do at the end of that? Who gives a shit? Yeah. Like it's, it really isn't that big of money when you think about it, too. It's actually, really, kind of, it's really not that bad. Yeah. Like, the kind of player that Landis Gog is. Yeah. It's, it's really not that bad when you look no. at $7 million in yeah. seven more years after this. You know, that I, I think we'll live. Yeah. I think we'll be okay. Um, so, yeah, that I was, when I was putting that, I, I could have sworn he was making eight. I could have sworn because he just kind of should be, shouldn't he? Yeah. Like the fact that Miko Ranson is still our highest paid player is pretty wild. It's very funny. And yeah. it's nine, it's 9.25, which is a lot. But for other teams, that'd be like their fourth highest yeah. paid player. <laughs> like that's pretty damn good. So I'm pretty happy with um, that contract, obviously. And I think Landy's pretty happy with it too. So it's going to be interesting. I agree. I think Darcy Kemper, I wouldn't be, sh- I agree with you. We may have to do an episode tomorrow of Darcy Kemper resigning. We'll see. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if it's sometime this weekend it happens. Um, I think both teams are mo- or both sides are motivated to get a deal done. Um, I just, I have no idea what it's going to be. Cause I agree. I, I think he could go on the open market and some team would pay him 6.5. Oh, I really do. Sure. Yeah. So, some someone's going to pay him a lot of money. Like there are, there are teams out there that need goalies and, to be honest, Darcy Kemper is the best of his class here. Yeah. He, like you could make the case between him and Flurry, but Flurry's 38. Flurry's old. Yeah. And, and Kemper was better than Flurry last year in just about every way. Let's be very clear about that still. So I I agree. I we'll get into it with when we did the armchair GM, but it's gonna be an interesting uh I'm interested to see what the AAV is. Um, cause he could easily get 6.5 if he gets to the open market. I'm, if he signs with the abs, I imagine it will be at highest six. Yeah, I agree. Cause like Igor Shostarkin doesn't even make six and he signed his contract last year. Yeah. Yeah. So I I'm interested to see, um, I'm hoping that it all works out like next to Val, like we talked on the last episode, I think you make case it's one, a one B who's the most important to resign. Um, and you should be able to get him for a cost-effective, and hopefully it's only three or four years too. But um, that's pretty much it on the other free agency news. I, I don't know if you saw the thing that Kadri's asking for like eight to ten million. Yeah, I think I sent that to you. I think that was Kiprios saying that or something. Yeah. So, if that's we'll, the case, good for Nazem Kadri, man. Yeah. You're not going to get it with the ass, but good for you, man. Go get your money. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where all that goes. But I guess that's the point of this episode. We're going to see where all of that goes. Last couple of days, we've been on cap friendly, like any rational fan does, goes and build teams because we think we're smart. And we're going to compare it to how it actually plays out in about a week's time. So, Christian, oh, this can, is going to be so bad. It's going to be awful. Now, I don't know like, why I suggested this. This yeah, is like this is going to be terrible. We're going to look like such fucking idiots, and I'm cool with it because we do that majority of the time on the show. But man, this could really blow up in our face. Or I'm just telling you right now, if, if I'm right, I am. Well, never if I, if I get any of these right, none of you are ever hearing the end yeah. of this. Yeah. So fair warning. Um, 
do you want to go first or do you, do you want me? Why to don't we, why don't we alternate? So okay. let's start with the easy stuff. Do you have anything different on the first line? No. Okay. Landeskog, McKinnon, Rantanen. I haven't touched it. All right. So let's start with the offense and just jump right into the the juicy stuff. The second line, Valeri Nachushkin. I have him signed at 5.5 for six years. The only thing we're different there, I have Val signed six by six. Six years, six nine. Either it could go either way, honestly. I think I always give players a little less than they usually get in free agency. I think six makes sense. I think I, Six times six just seems like a natural. Yeah, it seems like a natural. And like we said with Landy, I wanted to put Val at seven. I love Val, but he's not Landy. Right. I mean, Landy we, we used, we used him that. as Landis Gog's replacement. Yes. When he was out. But and he, he did a great job, Landy. but he's not Landis Gog. Yeah. So I could not in good faith have him making more than Landy. Do I think if he hits the open market, he probably could get that? I think there's I think a team that would. It wouldn't be There's a, a team that would. I think seven is the absolute max he gets on the open market. And I, th- I agree. I don't think it would be a super long deal. Yeah. I wouldn't also be shocked if he goes six years, five million. Like, what was he making last year? I forget. It was only like two million. Yeah, it wasn't that much. He was making two and a half. It'd be yeah. double his, it'd be double his contract. So I don't think that's crazy. I think it's five years, five million. He also more than doubled his production from both of those seasons. So yeah. like I don't think it's crazy. I went on the higher end just thinking like. When I was putting this together, I I thought like, okay, these players are going to be as greedy as possible, which they need to be. This is their livelihood. So um, I thought six for Val seemed by fair, but we're right around the same. I mean, there. Once I get more into mine, my I my cap space finished at one hundred twenty two thousand. So I need every dollar I yeah, can. Yeah, I, I finished. I with also, about I like I can spoil some of mine. I have two extra defensemen because that's just how this team runs for the most part. Yeah. Scratches. So you take one of those out there, you can probably throw a little more money some of these guys way, but the the way we like to run the team and we have for the last couple of years, it's heavy defense. Yeah. Little, little more wiggle room on the back yeah. end for injuries. I agree. I agree. So let's go. We both got Val. Let, let's, uh, let's do center last. Let's go to right wing. Who do you have on the right wing? I got Arturi Lekkinen. You have Arturi Lekkinen. How much? Uh, I have him at two years, four million. I have him at two years, 3.8. So we're pretty similar on that. I think that's a fair number for him. Um, We've seen with Sackick in the past with the RFAs, he'll sign him to that about. I mean, that's what Berkey got. Um, I think Leckie is a little bit uh, closer to Berkey than a lot of people would admit in the national media because Lekkinen didn't have as many points as Berkey, but he also played for the Canadians for majority of the year. So – I think $4 million for Leckie for two years. That gets him to out of his RFA years. He's still in the prime of his career, and he can go get that bag after these two years. Right. And so does that mean you let Andre Burakovsky walk in yours, or did you sign we'll him? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. You're spoiling it for me. We'll get there. I promise. Okay. I got some juicy stuff going. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. So, so I have Lekkinen 3.8. I agree with pretty much what you said there, it makes sense for Lekkinen financially to take a short-term deal, have success in Colorado, and then either re-sign with us for a bigger contract long-term or go get a bag somewhere else in a couple of years. I, I also wouldn't be shocked if it's a one-year, honestly. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either. He, he signs a one-year, walks him right to free agency, he either gets a big raise from us or goes out there and gets upwards of five next year. I don't think that's crazy, especially with the line mates he'd be playing with. 
Because you know he'd play with McKinnon and Ranston. Like, yeah, and imagine if he scores another, like, series clincher in the playoffs yeah. next year. Like, he, like you, we were talking six at that point. Yeah, so I, I think that's fair. I don't think we're overpaying for him at all. Um, but that leads us into the center, and I know this is where I'll get mine out of the way because your center is a little bit juicier than mine. Um, my center, I got Alex Newhook making the jump to the top six. Um, do I feel great about that? No. If I have a flaw in my lineup, it is second line center. Um, because in my simulation, I don't have Nazem Kadri coming back for the exact reasons that we just talked about with the fact that he wants eight to $10 million. I just don't think that fits into our plan. So I have Alex Newhook at the center. Um, do I feel great about it? No, but that's kind of where we're at right now. So I'll let you go into who you have as your second line center. So I as well did not sign Nazem Kadri as much as it pained me to do. And I want to say that I fully trust Alex Newhook to just jump right into a second line role and not miss a beat. But I think that's a massive step up for him. There's also a big problem that the free agent centers are not great. Yeah. And there's a reason why Nazem Kadri is going to get eight to 10 million. There's a reason because he is probably the best of his class guys like Malkin and Drew might have something to say about that, but they're also older guys Yep. and guys that the abs might not be able to afford. Maybe they do. I'm not Joe Sackick, but what I did is I did not put Alex Newhook in the second line. I signed Andrew cop from the New York Rangers who plays wing and also center. He centered some lines for the Rangers to, towards the end of the regular season and in the playoffs as well. And I signed him for $5 million for five years because that's what I think is a, a reasonable contract for him to accept. Cause I think he's going to be highly sought after. Yes. And so I have a second line of Nachushkin cop and Lekin, which I think is really strong. And I think I'm just going to come out and say, I did not resign Berkey as well because the money that Berkey is going to get, which is upwards of five, probably South of six. I just think is better put towards a center and giving yourself that center depth and having a more bona fide guy at second line center. I'm not crazy about five years for cop because I think new hook is going to be ready pretty soon. But in my little itty bitty pea brain, I just thought that to be the best solution. I'd like you. This is the part of my roster I'm the least confident in and probably the one I'm going to swing and miss on the hardest. But I think I'm on to something a little bit here. What you just said makes sense because a second line center is more valuable than a winger. Um, because we, we saw when McKinnon was out this year, Kadri was able to fill both roles and he did it very well. Um, the second line center for the abs is always going to get a good matchup. He will rarely have to go against the best defensive pair because they're going to save that for Nathan McKinnon, rightfully so. Um if I see someone that isn't like, if you don't resign Berkey, I would not be shocked if it is a Claude Giroux or a Evgeny Malkin. I, I really I'm, think that's I'm a little answer. more open to the idea of Evgeny Malkin than I think Giroux. Cause I just don't like Giroux turned down coming here at the deadline. And I just think he's more interested in staying in the East Malkin, I think would be pretty interesting. I just don't know how realistic that is. I don't know what yeah. money he's looking for. If he wants to come here and is willing to come here for $6 million, three years, something in that ballpark, I'd be down for that. But yeah, I, I just don't know if, if 
if cops it's it's, it's also be- until I see Malkin is gone from Pittsburgh, you find I it hard just, to believe. I just don't believe it. Yeah, that's it's, fair. It's the kind of thing where he's been there forever that it's hard to just be like, oh yeah, just we're just gonna sign Evgeny Malkin. Yeah, that is that is weird to think about, but I just I, I don't know about cop. I just don't see cop leaving New York. I really don't. And, and I like the fit of cop with the Rangers and everything. But my thing with that is I haven't heard anything about them trying to like bring him back or anything, or they also just haven't done it at all. So until he is brought back to New York, I'm just going to assume he's going to hit the open market. And if he does, this is also a guy I also really wanted at the trade deadline last year. I like his fit with the Avs. Maybe there's a better solution out there for second line center that isn't Kadri through trade. There's a lot of guys out there. We also do not have a ton of bargaining chips. We don't have our first round pick. We don't have our second round pick. We have next year's first. We could start talking about trading a guy like Shane Bowers, spoilers for later, but that's, this is why I'm not a general manager that, that to me looked like a solution. Yeah. For now. The trade market, I think, is where we're going to get our second line center. And I, I, agree, I really, I just, I do not even have the slightest clue who that would yeah. be. No idea. It'll, we'll come on and be like, oh yeah, that made total sense. Oh yeah, like duh. So, I, I, like I said, I, there's so many things that would not shock me. Like if Kadri comes back, that wouldn't shock me. If we get fucking Andrew Cop or I've got him off, and that that wouldn't shock me. Either. Like there's just so many possibilities that I just have no idea what Joe Sackett's. I mean, that that is the most fascinating part of this offseason. Yeah. What are we going to the mo- the most boring answer is Alex Newhook. Is yeah. that we're just going to run it with him and see what we do. If it doesn't work, we're going to get someone at the deadline. Yep. The other than that, all answers are pretty interesting. If we re-sign Kadri, that's if like no matter what he takes, that's a pretty interesting decision. If we don't, and we're going to sign someone else. I'm very interested to see who that would be because the, the market, I mean, I was talking to you right before we hopped on the, the center market is Kadri, Giroux, Bergeron signing in Boston. So he's out. Ryan Strom, Vincent Trocek, Evgeny Malkin. And then you have a, a slight drop off of Evgeny Malkin to Sam Gagne. Yeah. Just a little just bit, a you know, just, just a, a small itty bitty drop off of future Hall of Famer, three time Stanley Cup champion of Evgeny Malkin to Sam Gagne. Yeah. Just and after Gagne guy. is Marcus Johansson. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorting my points here for centers this yeah. year. I almost had Marcus Johansson in mind. I almost did. I think he's going to command too much money, though. I don't think he is. Yeah, we'll see. He's going to end up on Washington, Justin. Well, he, he still is right now, yeah. but I don't know. He just, he was okay when he was yeah. here in with the caps. Yeah. So I, I agree. There's so many options. I agree. It, it's going to be the most intriguing position that the apps have is who's going to fill that second line center role. Um, I have no idea, but to me right now, looking at it, I think new, they give new hook a shot. If that doesn't work out, you put Comfer up there. Um and I just, I just, I'm interested to see what they do. Do they trust new hook that much already? Do they believe JT is going to be that guy? Cause he only has one year left after this yep. as well. I'm, I'm interested to see what they're thinking here. I think I'm on to something with Andrew oh, yeah. pop. I don't think that's exactly what they do. I also think I might've underpaid him a little bit, but that to me just seems like a solution that makes some amount of sense. Yeah, I agree. I agree, but we'll, we'll have to see what happens. Um, we'll hop down to the third line. Uh, I already kind of spoiled two of them with, uh, well, not two of them, but I got Ben Myers, JT Comfer, and then I ended up re-signing Andre Burakovsky. Uh, I got him for five years at 5.5. 5. 
Interesting. I like that. Obviously, I like that. Yeah, I just I that is going to be my one where I'm either going to look really smart or I'm going to look really dumb. I just I haven't heard anything about the market for Burakovsky. There's been no rumors about him. Um, I just I I think this may be the one where we're a little bit shocked because it seems like the one that is so obvious that he's gone. I just I don't I don't like my gut feeling with Dallas and him right now. Yeah, I, I, I said it a couple months ago that I think Dallas is going to sign him or at least go after him. Uh, David Pagnotta had a report that Dallas is looking at a top six winger, and I hate how well Berkey fits the profile for them. Oh, yeah, he does. And the more you talked about how a second line center is more important, the more I kind of went wishy washy on this pick. But if we're looking for a bold take, we're looking for something that you can go and be like Christian's an idiot or Christian's a genius. I, I just, I, it wouldn't shock me if that's what he gets 5.5 here. I think 5.5 is very reasonable. If he does end up staying here, if he leaves, I think a team like Ottawa or Buffalo, like a lower tier team could throw six his way for six years or something like that. Close yeah. to like what you gave Val. I think if he stays it with the abs five, five and a half, he makes 4.9 right now. I think that's very reasonable. I mean, you also could sign Berkey to this contract at five and a half and he breaks out for 30, 35 goals. And it looks like a steal all of a sudden, like that's, that's just what you you're always talking about with Berkey. It's always such a risk and reward. You could sign him to a, a, a six times six. He lives up to it, scores 30, 35 goals for two, three years. Everyone's going, wow, Joe Sackick, what a steal. He knows his guys or you sign him to that. And he's Berkey. 25. He's 20, 22, sometimes less. Healthy yeah, scratch yeah. once a year. More than likely going to go at least 15, 20 games without scoring a goal. Right. I mean, so, I, I, that's my one where I, I'm either going to look very smart or I'm going to look really dumb. But I think people are forgetting that about Ben Myers. I forgot about Ben Myers, if I'm being. I, I have him on here. I didn't forget yeah. about Ben. But yeah. But my third line, I mean, that's it's not as good as you had last year, but it's, it's going to be tough. It never is. Yeah. I mean, who knows? It could, it could turn out to be better. You never know. Yeah. We, we would not have said coming into this season that our second line would be better than the one the year before. True. You just never know. I mean, like you said, JT Comper could be in line for like a breakout season since he's. Yeah. Up for you never know. Time. I mean, there's also a possibility Comper's not back next year, depending on what they do. He's got one year left. Who knows how they feel about him. If they feel there's an upgrade, they'll go out and get him. Yeah. And you then Comper could be somewhere else next year. You'd, just never know what Sackick is thinking. On that note, left wing, I have JT Comfer, not gone. Alex Newhook, this is one that I don't think is going to happen, but one that I really want to happen. Jesse Poyarvi of the Edmonton Oilers. He is going to get traded, and I want the Avs to corner the market on these guys. <laughs> guys like Nachushkin, Lekkinen, Poyarvi, underrated European two-way forwards that just defend as long as the day and make life hell for everybody else. And so you have him make it for what I have him making is just a little more than what he makes now at about 1.25 million. You think that's what he would go for a one, a one year deal, one year prove it deal. Not, not super long. He's an RFA. There's a one year prove it deal because he can't, I don't think he can really command that much more. I think this is a real candidate for a, a one-year contract steal. He has a breakout and then makes a ton of money next year. And so the trade, this is the only trade that I made. These are hard to pinpoint because I'm not very good at these. I did Shane Bowers and a third. It's time for Bowers to get a fresh start somewhere. 
Yeah. And he needs I, it. And I traded our third round pick in this year's draft. So we don't pick until the fifth round. That's fine. Who cares? Who cares? We won. Yeah. Um, that I, I don't hate that move. I just don't know if 1.25 is what you can get him at. I just I think, I think in that ballpark is something you can get him for. Yeah. See, I'm thinking more. He's like 2.5. I don't think he's going to get that. You can ask for it. I don't think anyone would give it to him. Does he have arbitration rights? I can check. I believe he does. Now that you mentioned it, I didn't think about yeah. that. But he had 36 points last year. His underlying numbers are excellent, but he's kind of getting run out of Edmonton right now for whatever reason. If we can find a way to do that, I don't believe we're going to be the team that does it because there are smart teams that I will identify Poyarvi as a Nachushkin or Lekkinen for themselves and try to get on them and offer a better package than what I just said. Yep. But if we can do it, I would be fully on board. Oh, I would be too. I would love that move too, but it's, I I just, I agree. I I don't know one, if Edmonton would be willing to trade him to us, Um, but we'll see. I, 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 Holland. you're, you're, yeah, you're looking for bold takes. And I think that's a good one. I, I, I think that one's more realistic than the cop. If I'm being honest personally, but yeah, you'll notice on my roster, I really didn't add anyone. I just kind of brought back what we had. I mean, you kind of uh, don't really need to. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm looking for with this segment, I'm looking for potential stuff, like potential free agent targets, like guys they could target and guys that would fit the roster, like stuff like that. And Puyarvi, I, I agree, I but that, Pu- that Puyarvi one, Sakic isn't, he's never been a big guy who goes into free agency and does a big swinging swinging dick move he he makes trades so I mean, that Puyarvi one would make sense yeah it's like under the radar kind of thing yeah. not, a, not a huge blockbuster deal but really shores up the bottom six offense especially defensively and now you got three of these guys yeah i i think that's i think that's probably your most realistic one yet um i like that move a lot i would love it because like you said he he was good in Edmonton. He, he was kind of snake, but like Val, like he had a, the yeah, good, he had a good start of the year. I think he had COVID or something in December yeah. and some sort of injury that really threw him off for a while. And just for some reason, they hate him. <laughs> they, they just do not like this guy. Yeah. He just screams to me, come to Colorado. We'll get our hands on you. Let's turn you into a 20 goal scorer and one of the best two way players in the league or something like that. And then you can go get paid. And then you can go get paid. That to me seems like something that they would nail better than anyone else in the league. Agreed. I, I, I like that move a lot. Um, so now we go to the fourth line. Um, Andrew Cogliano. I have Darren Helm coming back on a one-year, $1 million deal. And then Logan O'Connor. I have the exact same one. Darren Helm, $1 million. And Ben Myers, I have as an extra just because I think he can go anywhere in the lineup. I just I think it depends on his training camp as to where he plugs in in the lineup because he he got in at the point in the season where no one's trying and we're just throwing something at the board and see if it sticks. It worked out pretty well. It depends how good of a training camp he has to see yeah. if he sticks right in on the fourth line or the third line. So I have him as an extra. Don't dig any more into that. I would not be surprised if he's starting the season over Cogliano or something like that, or Helm or something, something like that. Or you, really? take, or you, I don't mean that really. If you take Poyarvi <laughs> out of the lineup for me, you plug Myers in there it really doesn't make a difference. Yeah, I agree. So fourth line is really, it just kind of, it's all, I loved our fourth line. It's a great fourth line. Um, why not run it back with them? 
and it's not like they're going to command a lot of money. So yeah. I like I think, that. I think that was more of the hard part with these rosters. Once we get out of that, it gets pretty simple, doesn't it? Yeah, it gets pretty simple. Um, and I'm really, really um, like I ended up re-signing guys like Kiefer Sherwood, Dylan Sakura to two-way deals for. Yeah, I didn't even bother doing those because yeah. I just think those are. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Um, do it. I guess and you can even, say, even if they don't, they'll replace them with someone else. Yeah. And I mean, we both left knack out. I mean, there's a real chance they resign him because we do have his. RFA yeah, that's life. true. They could do that, too. They could. Um, that wouldn't shock me. But I in this model, I didn't have them resigning knack. Um, and then my big free agent pickup, because I want to preface this. Joe Sackick does not make big free agency pickups. You ready for it, Griffin? We signed uh, a guy named Drake Kachula to a uh, one year deal for the vet minimum so, former Edmonton oiler and former Chicago Blackhawk. I cannot tell you anything he did last yep. year. He, his, he looked good. I saw the numbers. I was like, that just screams. He's going to come to the abs and play a fourth line role and score a big goal. I don't know why we said the same thing about Darren Helm last year. Why are you resigning? The, why are you signing this guy? He's washed. Um, I just, th- that that's my big move. And then my extras are Drake. Uh, he was in Buffalo last year. Yeah. That's right. He wasn't, he hasn't been in the Blackhawks for a while. I just yeah. totally forgot this guy was real. Yeah, and I have my extras as Drake Kachula and Curtis McDermott. On offense? No, they're just my scratches. Oh, okay. Yeah, those are my scratches. And gotcha. I mean, I feel pretty good about that lineup. Uh, the forward group, the only big question is Newhook, and we'll both be wrong about that. Oh, yeah, we're, we're both going to swing and miss on the second line center, and I don't care. I'm well accustomed to being wrong, so. Yeah, we'll both be okay with it. Uh, let's move to the defenseman because as we've talked about on the show, we already have five locked in for next year. Samuel Gerard's not going anywhere. Right. Like, we're, we're talking about this as pretty much the same pairs as we saw Taze, McCarr, either Byram or Gerard with EJ, and then Byram with X defenseman. Yeah. Um, neither of us have Josh Manson returning. Um, I think he's going home to yeah. Anaheim. I think he's going back, and that's cool. I mean, like I said, we, we can find a sixth defenseman if we need one. Right. Um, having Josh Manson was gratuitous. Yeah. Like it was nice. Um, and then I have Jack Johnson coming back again on a one year, $1 million deal. I do too. I have Jack Johnson. I have him at league men still at seven fifty Cause I, what we had him for last year. I don't think he's going to ask for much more than that. Curtis McDermott's obviously already back. This is one is like, it's another oiler, but this is one that I think just makes the most sense of anything I've done. Brett Kulak. Yeah, that's just another one I don't see him leaving. Like everything I saw, because I was trolling Edmonton and I was watching all their videos after we beat them, it sounds like Kulak was like a top priority for him, but they may not have the money because of Tyson Berry and Doug Keith. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Uh, they've had plenty of time to re-sign Kulak. They've been out for a little while. They don't have the excuse of us where we've been celebrating for a week and a half. <laughs> and so I, I thought Kulak was going to be scooped up right away, but here we are about a week away from free agency and he's not. Yeah, which to me makes me think he might be available. And if he does, this guy screams Av. This guy screams Avalanche system. The way he defends the zone, though, even even in Montreal when they were struggling, he was by far and away one of their best defensemen. And yeah. in Edmonton against us, one of the only people that could defend the rush, even like somewhat successfully. Nobody else on that defense even came close to doing what Kulak did in that series. And it went underappreciated because he did not get the minutes he deserved for the most part. If he hits the market, I think if you can get him, this would be one of the smartest signings you can make. 
He fits in perfectly on that defense. He's not super old. You can get him for not super expensive, maybe around two, two and a half, three, if you're pushing it million. And that is just a perfect third pair guy you throw with Bo or Sammy and, or you throw him up on the second pair, you push EJ down. I, I would love the signing if we could pull it off. A name that I think could be a potential for a six defenseman. And I don't know how realistic it is if, if he'd be willing to, but Ian Cole, maybe, <laughs> maybe someone who could come back and be a six defenseman. Oh, Ian Cole. I, I know you laugh, but he wouldn't, he knows. I'm not laughing at you. I'm la- I'm just, I love Ian Cole. Yeah. Like he'd be a good six defenseman. He knows the system. I can't imagine he wants too much. Um, I, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. I, I wouldn't be shocked if that happens again. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, make your first bet up to $1,000, and if you don't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Even though hockey's over, there is still plenty to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, and best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. It'd be interesting for sure. I'd love to have Ian Cole back. I love that guy. Yeah, he was good with the uh, he was good with the Hurricanes this year. Yeah, he he was. I mean, I just the Hurricanes are an interesting team too because you see they're letting Ethan Bear go. They're letting Ethan Bear go. They're D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo's talking to other teams for a trade. It seems like Trocheck is going to walk. Yep, they're underrated, interesting team this offseason. We'll see. But for now, I have Jack Johnson, and that fills out my defense with six. Yeah, I, I have Johnson as an extra with Curtis McDermott on the back end, and that's where okay. some of that extra cap space is getting eaten up. Yeah. Because I think they just want that extra depth on the back end. I mean, it was pivotal in winning the Cup. And, so and also, Jack Johnson's a year older. Yeah. And I, as much as I love Jack Johnson now, wasn't always that way. I love Jack Johnson now, but I just cannot – say that I can trust him you're the sixth defenseman for the entire season that's fair I I just think he's a cheap option and I think he's a cheap option if someone gets hurt you plug him back in you know what he does he'll do his job yeah that's kind of where I'm at with it who knows he still may retire who fucking knows who knows he might have just been like y'all gave me shit for years I'm going out on top yeah which is quite possible um so then that leaves us with the goaltenders um, I, I imagine we're pretty similar on this. Yeah, we're pretty similar. Uh, Pavel Franco, sorry, locked in for two more years at two million. I ended up locking up Darcy Kemper at five point five for three years. It's 
pretty much what I have. I actually had Mark Andre Fleury. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't. I have Darcy Kemper at $5 million for four years. Now, that is a team-friendly deal. That one could grow above, like, Darcy Kemper on the open market could get $6 million. He, he could. could. He could. That's why it's pivotal for the apps to lock him up before the it gets to that point like Grubauer got to last year and he got a significantly larger amount than he would have got from the Avs. And as we already mentioned, Sackick and his agent are talking. Um, I just, 5.5 seems fair for three years. That gives Annan enough time to still develop in the minors. That gives Frankie, if he can stay healthy those two years, and then hopefully in three years you have Eustace Annan who's ready to take the reins from Darcy Kemper. So we're kind of in the same mind with this. I just gave him an extra year. You gave him the extra 0.5. Yeah. So a group, like another one, I, I think he's going to sign, but it wouldn't shock me if he gets six. It wouldn't shock me. If he gets six, I just don't think it's going to be from us. Really? Yeah. I, I, th- I think they'll work their way down to under six. And maybe I'm going to swing out on that too. But Yeah. I just think if it goes to six, um, maybe they're willing to go 5.5 if they add like another year, maybe four or five. If it's, a, if it's a three-year deal, I'm way more open to the idea of six million. I'm way less concerned about money than I am with term. Yeah. Anything above, like I think four is pushing it. Anything above four, I think is a non-starter. Yeah. Cause he'd be 36 by the time that contract's over. Right. Like I, th- I think for a fourth year of a contract, you can already start to work on if, if your plan is on and you can work on and into the lineup and start like fringe starting Darcy Kemper in a fourth year, work your way through one more year of it, then have him go rather than three years. You, you can work with it is what I'm saying. Five is too much. Five's too much. I agree. There's def- if he went on the open market, he could get it. What did Grubauer end up getting? Was he, did he get six? He got like 5.9 times six. Yeah, I believe. So six years is a ridiculously long goalie contract. Um, Especially for one that is just not bona fide elite. Yeah. I mean, I'd sign Andre Vasilevsky and Igor Shosturkin to that in a fucking heartbeat. Well, that's also the thing is Shosturkin doesn't even make six. Yeah. The best goalie, the second best goalie in the world doesn't even make six. So I think 5.5 is fair. Uh, And and Vasilevsky makes nine and a half. That's fair. I mean, he is an anomaly. He's the best goalie in the world. And he's 27. Yeah, like I'm totally cool giving Andre Vasilevsky. Like, could you imagine if the Avs had Vasilevsky? I mean, you wouldn't have as many depth guys, but it wouldn't be fair. Yeah, it wouldn't be fair. Um, but that wrap that wraps up the lineup. Like I said, it leaves me with about five hundred thousand um, dollars. So you can throw that money at the rest of the free agents. Um, but I I just don't see them bringing in a ton of ton of pieces free agency wise. I think it's trades. Um, I don't. I honestly don't either. I'm just trying to identify guys that I think would make sense to target for the team yeah. down, d- down the middle. I like the fit of Andrew cop. I, I do agree with you. This it's really not Sackick's forte to go swinging after random free agents, but if he thinks cop is a fit and they've identified him as a fit, then I, I think they would go after him. Yeah. is a pipe dream of mine. I really want them to corner that market and just make life hell for everybody else. And just work their magic on this kid. Cause I, I think there's still a lot to be unlocked with Poyarvi because he he's been through hell in Edmonton. They put, they made him play through double hip surgery yeah. and they've dragged his name through the mud for years. He stayed overseas for a year instead of playing there. I think you put him, and 
anywhere else, but let alone the defending Stanley Cup champions who have a reputation of just come, come here and let us heal you. I think that they could work their magic on him and turn him into something special. Brett Kulak, I think, is just the one, if he hits the open market, like you said, not entirely 100% that he does, but if he does, I love that idea. I think he could be one of the best signings we could make. Yeah, I agree. I mean, everything you're saying makes sense. It's just we'll have to see. Uh, yeah, it's we'll just see what happens. I guess this is less prediction and just trying to identify things. There are also some guys I didn't end up signing that I think could be good ideas. Uh, we talked talked about him for a brief second. Johan Larson, former Coyote Capitals, got him at the deadline. Wasn't really notable with the Caps, but was a very strong two-way player. I think a guy you can plug in to your fourth line and would be really strong. Another guy that I think is kind of fallen from grace for some reason after having some strong reception in Pittsburgh, Zach Aston Reese, I think could be an interesting. Did he with Anaheim? Did he resign? No, I'm pretty sure he's still on the market. Oh, I thought he resigned. Yeah, I never saw anything that they re-signed him, and I was looking at him the other day. I don't um, unless something changed that I just completely missed, and I'm going to edit this out of the podcast if I did. <laughs> but where even are the ducks on here? Now I can't even find them. Of course, of course they're at the bottom. Yeah, Aston Reese is a UFA. Okay, I yeah. guess when I thought that they signed him. Well, I, I, that's what I thought too. I assumed that they made that trade for him. They reassigned. He's still a UFA. If again, if he hits the market like Poyarvi really strong two-way player analytically one of the stronger two-way players in the league yeah. while he was in Pittsburgh once again if you can find a way to corner the market on these guys and just make life hell for everybody else I love that yeah and yeah, Aston Reese like it just kind of seemed like one day he got shipped out from Pittsburgh in the Zucker trade nothing really happened for him in Anaheim and now he's a UFA was it the Zucker trade or I think it was the Raquel trade? Raquel. I get them. I got them mixed up. Yeah. yeah, it was the Raquel trade. I was thinking about Jason Zucker for some reason, yeah. but it was the Raquel trade. And then you just never really heard from him again. Like he's, he was always that guy, like at the end of the year, like look at Zach Aston Reese's defensive numbers. Look how good he is in his own zone. And no one really ever paid attention to him. Then he gets included in this deal. Now he's a UFA. Once again, that, scream, that screams Joe Sackick. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that. Um, th- there's a whole bunch of stuff. Like we're like we said at the beginning of this pot. Like by the time you're listening to this, we could be completely wrong. Oh, this, this is probably going to be one of our worst aged episodes of all time. Yeah, that's cool. I, I actually, I, I honestly don't even think it'll be even close. <laughs> I'm gonna laugh so hard if we get some of them right. Like I said, if we're gonna I be get any of the, if I get Andrew Cop right, none of you are hearing the end yeah, of it. I'm not gonna hear the end of it. So um, I like those. I really. You're a Stanley Cup champion. You really just need to maintain. That's really what that's really what it all is, is just finding a way to keep it all together. I'm looking at options for if we can't. Yeah, I agree with that. So um, I we're going to be doing this a lot more um, as the weeks come up. Um, I imagine well, by this time next week, though, it'll almost be pretty much over. Yeah. And then we'll just have all the free time in the world. <laughs> just kidding. Hockey never sleeps. Um, but we kind of talked about at the beginning of the episode, it is crazy to think about, but the schedule did get released. Um, as much as we don't want to talk about it, because here's the thing, what we've learned, the abs are in that, that zone now where the regular season truly means nothing. It, well, they're at that stage now, like it's, you don't have to prove yourself in the regular season. You still want to get home ice advantage, but in the grand scheme of things, as long as the abs are in the playoffs, that's all that really matters. And it'd have to take a catastrophic 
collapse for them not to make the playoffs in the West. Um, so leading in with that, what game are you looking forward to to the most in the regular season? Well, the easy cop-out answer is Banner Night, October 12th against the Chicago Blackhawks. I don't know. This schedule is weird. Don't you think? Like something about it just doesn't seem right. It just seems so random, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's probably very eerily similar to what it was last year, but it's just when you win the cup, like I, I, I'm going to be pumped for the ass to be back, but at the same time, it's like, okay, when October comes, all right, let's get to, let's get to April and March. And yeah. Once we hit season. November this season is, we're going to be like, this doesn't matter. Yeah. And also I should, I'm going to preface with this. I fully expect the abs just be okay in October. Yeah. I, I, mean, I would, I would be, I wouldn't be surprised year. if they're outright bad. Yeah. They were 500 last year and look where we, we finished fine. So, I mean, like I said, you open with Chicago, a brutal back-to-back to start the year and going to Calgary, but who knows what Calgary is going to be. Um, I don't and know. October, I mean. Three days off yeah. before you play Minnesota. I mean, always Minnesota and Vegas are fun to play against because they're scumbags and um, it's fun playing them. But at the same time, we have a leg up on all of them now where we, we got the rings, bro. So, um, I don't know. Nothing really in October. The fact that we have three home games kind of sucks. There's not a lot of home games to start this season because in the first two months of the season, we have what eight home games, eight, eight. including a trip to Finland to play. No, I, I was not including that one. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, we also have that the fourth and the fifth. We play Columbus on the, the global series to Finland. That'll be cool. I, I, I forgot mean, that was happening. Yeah. Well, it was supposed to happen like two years ago and then COVID. That's what it so. was. You're right. But, I mean, that'll be fun to watch. I mean, the Blue Jackets swept us last year, which is kind of funny to think about. <laughs> yeah, them and the Caps were the only team to do it. Yeah, so, I mean, those games will be cool. It's always fun. And then you get Lecky and Branson and get to go home and play in front of their home fans. I mean, the Global Series, what was it, four years ago now when we went to Sweden? That was really where the team – Well, that was against Ottawa right after yeah. the chain trade. It's where the team took off. So, who knows where that could be. Um yeah, I guess I you're know. right. That really was like the, the turning point for the franchise. Yeah. It was right after the Duchesne trade. It was like the yeah. first thing we did. Yeah. And made the end up making the playoffs this year. McKinnon really came out and dominated. Uh, the rest of November, I mean, it'll be cool to play the Hurricanes, but who knows what the Hurricanes are going to be. Um, I think the first game against St. Louis will be pretty fun. I mean, we got two games against Nashville, one against St. Louis. Yeah. Um, uh, December is interesting because I've never seen a schedule that looks like this. Yeah. Where it is just literally there is a game one day and none the next day. And then a game one day it is just game day off game day off for the entire month. The yeah, only two day break is Christmas. Yep. There's not even a back to back in here. Oh, bro. I got a fucking I'm going to Phoenix for December 27th game. Oh, that's a good. I'll be sick. I'll be sick. Is that that's I'm our right. first? That's our first Coyotes game. I think so. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's gonna be sick. I I gotta get my tickets for that shit. But I mean, the Leafs on New Year's Eve is gonna be fucking awesome. Oh, that'll, that'll be, be cool. fun. Um, then, but if I had to pick a game I'm looking forward to the most, probably the end of February against Vegas at home, February twenty seventh. I'd say it's the two lightning games for me. That'll just be fun. They're, they're close together. I don't know. I guess, there's, I guess maybe it's just a side effect of being champs. There's no regular season game I look at and go, ooh. I think that so Vegas one could have big implications again, though. 
Yeah, the Ve- the Vegas ones are always fun. Yeah. And then you end the year with Edmonton and Winnipeg. So Vegas, I think, will be fun. It's weird that we have our Canada trip where we go to um, Montreal, Toronto, and Ottawa. Usually we do that at the beginning of the year. This year it's in March. Yeah. So that's that's going to be – that's always – the Avs always end up losing to either the Senators or the Canadians on that road trip. No matter what, they will always. No, it's, it's, tradition, it's tradition at this yeah. point. No matter what happens, they will lose um, at least to one of those teams. So, you know, I, it's a schedule. I, I really yeah, don't this is, care. This is the least interested I've ever been in a schedule. Yeah. I, I, I really don't care. Like if, if we lost earlier or whatever, I'd be way more excited about this. Cause like hockey's coming back. Dude, it hasn't even been two weeks. We haven't, yeah. been, we haven't even been done for two weeks. We're talking about next season. Yeah. Good Lord. I just, it's crazy. Um, when it gets to October, I'm sure we'll be more pumped, but. Oh, for right sure. Now, but it's been 10 days. Yeah. Right now. I'm just kind of like, yo bro, I'm trying to like, enjoy this hit me up at the end of August. I'm, I'm going to be foaming at the mouth for that Chicago yeah. game. Yeah. So it'll be cool to see the banner raised. Um, it would be just pure comedy if the abs ended up losing to the Blackhawks on that day. They like, usually do. Also, I thought it was weird that we didn't get the the season opener. BS, bro. And East Coast I, bias. I, I looked into that and it hasn't happened since 2017. East Coast so, bias, dude. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, the second Penguins Cup, they open the season. The Caps Cup, they open the season. The Blues, they open the season. Both Lightning Cups open the season. Why are we kind of getting not, not, not implying they hate the abs? I just think like, well, why are we the ones getting shoved to the side here? Yeah, hang on. There's got to be something going on at Ball Arena. There uh, there would have to be at some point. Like, it was just weird because I thought that was tradition. That like I thought it was too. The defending champs get the first day. Because instead you got Tampa and New York and L.A. and Vegas. Uh, Almost there. Panic at the Disco is playing at Ball Arena on October 11th. So that is why we cannot play opening night. So Panic at the Disco moved our banner raising ceremony. Correct. Okay. Awesome. Good for Panic at the Disco. Why are they scheduling Panic at the Disco right when the season starts? I don't know. Let's see how much I know they didn't know that, but like, October 11th, like oh. you can probably guess that's right around the time could, the season starts. You could easily move these guys too. It's not like they're on SeatGeek, the greatest ticketing app on the planet. Tickets are going for $48, $48. Like it's not like these guys are big. Like I like Panic at the Disco. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's Panic at the Disco, but it's also not 2005. Yes. <laughs> Dude, what? Why did we get pushed to the side for Panic at the Disco? I guess they just didn't want to deal with it. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, they rescheduled Pearl Jam. That was supposed to be on uh, April 9th to uh, September 22nd. Um, oh, dude, this is an ultimate fucking My Chemical Romance. I don't even know if you were alive. What, for when what phase is Ball Arena going? I don't know, right man. Now. They're September 30th. Um, five Finger Death Punches on the 14th. Kevin Hart's okay, on the 16th. They're, they're on some absolute edgelord phase right now. Yeah, I mean, for the dads out there, the they know we playing. won, right? Yeah, we didn't I, lose. It's ball arena's back, dude. Now, month of October, there's a lot of shit going on. 
Oh, dude, Lizzo's coming. Fuck yeah. Same with Post Malone. At least, at least that's a difference, breaking us out of our little trend here. All events that you can go to with promo code Teledabs, it is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. Dude, Disney Ice has five days reserved at Paul Arena <laughs> in the start of December. <laughs> five days. That is that's crazy. That's why we're on a road trip. Yeah, holy yeah. shit. But yeah, that cracks me up, man. Um, that that's why. All right, we can't we can't blame the NHL. All right, and and well, the well, I'll blame the NHL anyway because it's fun. But yeah. Oh well, I just thought that I thought that was strange. So instead, we get Tampa, New York, and LA and Vegas on the first day. Be, I guess let's but put Vegas in there, man. Woo! You always got to be. I guess it's just tradition that Vegas plays on the first day now. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Like it, it's going to be. After next week, it's going to get real dry. But man, I'm I'm still I'm still enjoying this win. Um, it seems criminal that we have to fucking talk about a schedule, but um, man, it's going to be a hell of an off season. I can't wait for us to be proven wrong with all of those decisions. Oh yeah, this episode is going to age very poorly. Oh, I did have one more thing. I don't know if you were watching NHL Network last night. I was. They not. showed they showed Kale McCarr's first game. And I didn't see 20, that, but I was, that was in yeah. 2019, right? Yeah. Three years ago. <laughs> I was just laughing because you're ready to hear what the Av second line was. Carl Soderberg, Alex Kerfoot, and Colin Wilson. Superstars. <laughs> Love it. And then our fourth line was Sven Andragetto, who hasn't played in the league since, Gabriel Bork, and Tyson Jost. <laughs> Gabriel Bork. Oh, I miss that guy. Like, I miss Gabriel Bork. That feels like 10 years ago. It was it does. three it years ago. It feels like forever ago. And we won a round. Yeah. We, we dominated Cal- Calgary. We beat Calgary. And we were a horrible offside call away from going on to the frigging conference final. Yeah. They showed the statistic of McKinnon, Ranson, and Landeskog. They contributed for like 62% of the abs goals. I'm, so, was, I'm shocked anyone else got in on them. It was ludicrous. And just to think that team, that was three years ago, dude. It blew my mind. Like, I thought that we're talking like 2015. This whole team turned over, basically. Right. People acted like the Avs lost 10 years in a row in the second round. Guys, yeah. we lost like two rounds. Like, it was, the, the Sharks one was house money. Against Dallas, we did not have players. Yeah. And Vegas, yeah, we fucking lost one time. <laughs> You lost one time to Vegas, and yeah, it sucked to lose four in a row, and they didn't look very good. But my God, as someone who's actually lived through playoff choking and con- like literally 10 years of failure, th- this whole thing was absurd to me. And there was, again, not to toot my own horn, there was never any doubt in my mind this team was going to win because they've shown that they can at least come close and can win rounds. And we're, let's face it, the Vegas loss was a good thing. They learned from it. People act like you can't learn anything. There's no room to ever learn. They learned their lesson and they took it to a cup. Yeah. So it just cracks me up, man, because that feels so long ago. And I love Sven. Do you remember Sven Andrigato? I love Sven Andrigato. It was sick, dude. What a waiver wire pickup that was. Remember him and Mark Barbario? Oh, man. Great times. Trip down nostalgia lane. Well, and you look at the defenseman, too. It was... It was Eric Johnson, Samuel Gerard was your top pair. You had Nikita Zadorov, Kale McCarr, Ian Cole, and there was another I'm forgetting. 
What a guy. Yeah. Like, look at that. Like, that's hilarious, dude, how much this team has changed. Yeah. Like, like, you had Barry. You had, you had, oh, Tyson what, Barry. Yeah, 20-year-old Sam Gerrard. EJ was still a young and chipper 30 at that point. You, you, we, had, we had Ian Cole at that point, didn't we? Yep. Yeah, Cole. And oh, I forgot Nemeth was still here at that point, too. Yeah. He got, he got bought out right before we started this podcast on the Rangers. No one saw that coming, obviously. No one. Nobody. No one could have said that. Zador. I miss I miss Zadorov. He's a free agent, dude. Maybe we get him back. Get oh, the whole God. band back together. We're not going to get him back. But but that, I just watched that, and it was just crazy to me that that was only three years ago. Blew my mind. No, You know who I miss? Matt Nieto. Oh, I do miss Nieto. And they had Calvert on the team, too. Yeah, like, Calvert. Nieto oh, was a man. great fourth liner. He was a great fourth liner. Another waiver wire pickup. Like that whole team was just waiver wire pickups. Colin Wilson, four goals in the playoffs. He was dope in the playoffs. He looked like the Colin Wilson we traded for. So yeah, that just cracked me up watching that. Um, and yeah, Kale McCarr in his first game scored, which people forget. So um, do they forget? I think I think they know that. Yeah, but I'll give I'll well, give people some credit. I think they remember that much. Yeah, but hell hell the team. And they and, were and Derek Brassard, who Derek Brassard. Who, that was our trade deadline pickup. Yeah, who literally did not have to get on a plane because we played the Panthers that night. So he yep. just switched locker rooms. One of my favorite stories from that season. Yeah. He didn't so, do anything and no one ever heard from him again. He he got scratched in Edmonton. I think he played one game against yeah. us. So but yeah, that I just wanted that was, to end but back to your point, that was three years ago. Yeah. And now three here we ago. are where we're like, dude, we just won the Stanley Cup and we're already talking about the schedule. Yeah. Good Lord, exactly. can I have a break? Yeah. So, but hey, that's that's how life goes. But uh, I uh, I cannot wait for more hockey to come back, but not yet. I need a little oh, yeah. bit. I, do, I need a breather first, but we're probably going to have more stuff coming out tomorrow, probably some signings, probably some trades. You got the draft tomorrow. Uh we're not going to talk about the draft because we don't have any picks and there's literally no point. I guess the only thing we could talk about is who goes first. Cause that seems to be a debate. Uh, I can't pronounce his name, but that guy from uh you're off Slavkowski. I think it is Yeah, that guy, that guy. And I think it's going to be hilarious that Shane Wright's going to fall to two. And some, I've seen some happen fall to four, which is strange, but that'd be hilarious. If he so... just falls to Seattle, imagine if Arizona gets him anyway. That'd be great. And then they get Bedard next year, too. Yeah, that would be something. But, yeah, it seems like all of a sudden that Slavkovsky has skyrocketed up the projected picks. And it's almost seems like people are expecting the Canadians are leaning towards him. That'd be a Canadian move, man. It definitely would be, but maybe it's not a bad one. Yeah. We'll I'm not see. a scout. I don't know shit about prospects. Maybe Slavkovsky's like the better version of Rantanen. That's what they're saying. Yeah. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's not a bad thing. I don't know anything about these guys. I just assumed Shane Wright was number one until a week ago. But yeah. uh, Logan Cooley's also been discussed at number one. Uh, this seems like the most pressure a first overall pick has had in the long oh, wow. time. When was the last one? Like the the Devils? When Probably. they picked Heischer over Nolan Patrick? <laughs> Both were wrong. But yeah. still. Yeah, I don't remember I mean, the last time there's been this much pressure on a first overall pick, and it's in Montreal. Yeah, that's gonna I be think like, they're gonna be like because apparently Habs fans are gonna be pissed if they pick Slavkovsky. Well, yeah, I mean Shane Wright's the the Canadian kid, 
I mean, that, that people have been like campaigning for right for so long that now that they're seeing like they might pick Slavkovsky, I've just seen people on Twitter going absolutely nuts. Yeah. The guy I've heard a lot about is Connor Geeky. He's tiny, but people think he's going to be good. So um, I've seen some projections where he falls to the caps. Yeah. I've heard good things about him and the little I've read. But uh, oh, they're talking about Darcy Kemper on NHL now, right now. It's Elliot Friedman. So um, we'll see. Probably, probably just saying they met today. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the draft is going to happen. The Avs won't pick till very late. So, <laughs> assuming they keep that pick, yeah, at all, we we got some time. Um, next year's draft, we'll talk a lot more about because next year's draft could has the potential to be one of the greatest of all times. Yeah, and as of this moment, we have our first round pick. As of this moment, I would not be shocked in the least if we don't have it by the end of, by the trade deadline next year. I wouldn't be shocked if we don't have it by the end of the day tomorrow. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So yeah, man. Um, another solid episode. In another, my another banger episode of the Teladaps this podcast. It just keeps getting worse and you keep coming back time and time again. What is wrong with you? But I appreciate it nonetheless. But I think, Chris, unless you've got any more words of wisdom to drop on us. None. None. I don't think I've had one yet. So <laughs> I think I'm just I think I'm just gonna quit while I'm ahead. And so thank you all so very much for tuning in to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm glad we were able to fool you long enough this far into the episode into thinking we had any idea what we were doing for this one. We don't. But again, appreciate you all coming in time after time again. Really to appreciate it. And it's going to be an interesting offseason. Kind of sucks to already have to be talking offseason, like I've mentioned 50 times already. But I'm interested to see what they do, what happens with Kadri. I really want Berkey to come back. Uh, Kemper is going to be an interesting one, but I imagine we're going to start getting some answers as soon as tomorrow. If anything major happens over the next couple of days, if Joe Sackick does what Joe Sackick does and starts pulling some triggers, we'll hop back on here for an emergency pot. Like for stuff like Kemper signing and even if Berkey signs or something like that, I don't know if that constitutes emergency pod just because I don't know if we can even squeeze 40 minutes out of that. Yeah, we, we it, the episode would just be yeah, this is what we thought was going to happen. So yeah, it'd be, well, yeah, it'd be like yeah, well, we we know what he is. He's been yeah. here before. There's not really much to break down here. So if like don't expect emergency pod or something like that. But if a trade happens, is Nas worth an emergency one? Depending on if he goes, if he comes back, maybe. Well, I'm, that's what I mean. Like if he comes back before free agency, is that worth emergency pod? Yeah, I'll say that. I'd say, I'd say that's probably the only one that's worth an emergency pod just because it'd be, I don't know, I guess the most unexpected. Yeah. And the, probably the biggest one, because we all expect Kemper to come back. Yeah. But if for free agency itself, that's obviously next Wednesday, and we'll have an episode for that, I assume, just covering everything that happens on that day in total. So just keeping you guys up to date on what's going on. We'll have another episode coming out on Monday, recording on Sunday kind of thing. Yes. And what, so what we're going to be doing is we're going to record Saturday afternoon, probably release it that night or Sunday morning because Christian's got plans, you know, he's better than us kind of thing. But, you know, we're going to have that one out probably a day early. We're going to be back here on Saturday. I'm going to re probably release that as it's done so it's not too far out of date. And then we'll see where we are next week with everything. So again, thank you all so very much for tuning in. Use promo code Teledabs it is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. We've got shirts at denvernosebleeds.com. 
the Jared Bednar Ken Doll shirts. The stickers just arrived today. Once you order them, we will ship them out to you as soon as we can, but we're already packaging them and there's not going to be a ton left. So if you want them, get in while you can. Thank you all so very much for tuning in. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay, and you can follow the show at Tell It's Abs It Is. But for the, I think the sixth time, thank you for tuning in. And we will catch you all next time with God knows what is going to happen before today and Saturday. So hope you all enjoy your week and hope you enjoy the draft. But until then, let's go abs. <laughs>